I feel like God has just downloaded this message into my heart. I feel like it's some, for some people in here that are in the middle of a painful pause in their life. Anybody feel like you're in the middle of a painful pause in your life? Oh, praise the Lord. I, let me just open up the altars right now and have y'all come in. We'll skip all this business and just have you come on and, and begin to pray. Because the truth of the matter is, is that we like to live our life on the top of the mountain. We like to live our life when we feel like God has got us right where he wants us, where everything is wonderful, where we're celebrating his presence and we're celebrating uh, his blessing in our life. But that's... That can be a rare occasion. The truth is, is that we spend a majority of our life in, in the middle of the valley, in the middle of a painful pause in our life. But what does it look like to live your life on top of a mountain? To have crystal clear clarity of exactly the purpose that God has for your life. To have that burning bush moment that just takes control. You know, the the burning bush moment like Moses had. It's, it's in Exodus chapter three, starting in verse two. He says there, uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing. How many of you would be amazed if you saw a bush that was on fire that didn't burn up? That's right. We got a lot of firefighters in Oklahoma that would be amazed in that. <laughs> this is amazing. Moses said to himself, why isn't the bush burning up? I must go and see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. I want to stop right there and kind of insert this. Anytime in the Bible that you see a name called twice in a row. It was, it's a moment where there's familiarity. There's a, it's a moment of, of love and affection. It's a moment where somebody's trying to grab somebody's attention with the intimacy of a relationship there. I, I, I need to tell you this. God is calling each one of you by name, but he's not just saying it once. He's saying it over and over and over again. How many of you are grateful and thankful for a God that doesn't stop on the first time? Amen. He is calling your name out and he's calling you to come closer to him. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. Has anybody had one of these holy ground moments where, where you were standing on the, on the mountain of God with crystal clear clarity, knowing that you are exactly where God has called you to be, knowing the purpose that God has called you to live for, knowing what the rest of your life is gonna turn out to be because God was directing your path. I've had moments in my life where I knew that God had ordained I had moments in my life where I knew that God was pushing me in a direction, drawing me, calling me for a purpose. But if I'm gonna be honest with you, most of my life has been spent in the middle of valleys and there's been pretty painful valleys in my life. I mean, most of us are familiar with the postal system. Yeah, that's a painful valley for me. Because you, you remember what it was like whenever you had to put something in the mail and they said it would be seven to 10 business days. And you're like, what? Seven to 10 business days? 
Or if you were expecting a passage and you were waiting on it and you called them and said, it's not here yet. And they said, has it been seven to 10 business days? And you say, no, it's been 10. And they say, call back tomorrow. What? But over time, it's gotten shorter and shorter, right? Remember when it went to, from seven to 10 to five business days? That was pretty good. I liked five business days. And then it, it was two to three business days and, and you didn't have to pay any extra money for that. And then, and then now we have progressed so much so that now we can put an order online for groceries and they tell us it's going to be here in two to three hours. And I'm like, man, praise the Lord. We're living in the kind of day and age that I want to live in where I get hungry and I'm like, mm, I want a frozen pizza. <laughs> I'm going to order it from, from Walmart. And, and, and you get on there and you order your groceries from Walmart or your favorite, your favorite store. And then in two or three hours, it's right there at your door. It's awesome. It's wonderful. It helps when you got four kids that you don't want to take them to the grocery store. Because how many know if you got a whole bunch of kids and take them to the grocery store, you end up paying twice as much for two times as less. Because, you know, the name brand Teddy Grahams and the Goldfish and all that stuff cost way more than the dollar brand version. And that's where I live right now, the dollar brand version of things. And the other day, Claudia and I, we, we um, well, I say Claudia and I, the truth is, is that my wife does all of our grocery orders. And she told me that it was supposed to arrive in about three hours at the house. But I want you to know something. It was four hours. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Four hours, the nerve of these people. I was hungry. I wanted my frozen pizza. I needed my kids to have their frozen pizza. We got to wait an hour. I'm going to write a bad review. You know, that's how I felt because the truth is, is that as time goes by, we get closer and, or uh, our, expect, our level of expectation changes on the service of our life. And I'm going to be honest with you, the older that we get, we don't exactly get more and more patient, do we, sometimes? Matter of fact, I know some of y'all, never mind, that's a... <laughs> It's just, it's easy to see how the level of expect change, uh, expectation changes over time. And I'm not by nature a patient person, and, and nor would I encourage you, anyone in this place, to pray for patience, because when you pray for patience, what happens? Oh, no. <laughs> so I've been praying that Lord would, uh, the Lord would just make things go faster around me. It's easier to pray for other people than yourself. But there's times in my life where, where there was more tribulation than waiting on the groceries. Uh, that's the good kind of tribulation. That's the kind of tribulation I don't mind, even though it's aggravating and, and, and frustrating. There's tribulation in your life that lasts more than an hour. There's, there's moments, there's those hard pauses in life where the Lord just says, I know what you're praying for, but not now. And in those moments in life, I feel forgotten. I, I, I feel put on the back burner. I start wondering if that's exactly where God wants me to be. Uh, Claudia and I just celebrated our 17th wedding anniversary. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> and I, I couldn't imagine living my life with anybody else. 
And, and I just look around and I think to myself, what a blessed life it is. But, but there was a time 13 years ago where Claudia and I, we were, we were wanting to have children. And so we started trying to have children. And month after month, year after year, we weren't able to have children. It was a painful pause in our life. It was difficult because we asked all these questions like, what have we done wrong? Why isn't God listening to our prayers? What can we do? And there never seemed to be the answer that we wanted. We were on a painful pause. And if I'm gonna be honest with you, it's a pause that I never wanna have again. But after four kids, I'm praying that the Lord doesn't bless me with any more children. But during that time in our lives, there was this verse that captivated my attention and brought, brought me peace and steadfastness in the midst of that painful pause. Habakkuk chapter two, verse three. Habakkuk is this, this tiny little postage stamp book. But in the moments of God trying to touch the life and encourage the life of one of his prophets, he spoke this. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. It, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it. It will surely take place. It will not be delayed. How many of you are glad that the Lord is sovereign? And the Lord went to the end and he wrote it out and then he all, traveled all the way back to the beginning and he wrote the beginning to match the end. And so you never ever once have to worry about how things are gonna turn out. You know that God has your life in the palm of his hands. He's got a perfect plan for you and you can trust that he knows exactly where you are and what you need. In these moments in my life where I was on this painful pause, I was forced to trust without any evidence. And apparently the Bible calls this faith. Faith is so important, congregation. Christ's legacy, God is not pleased unless we live a life by faith. That means in the midst of, of your painful pause, we have to trust and know that God has got things under control and we are exactly where we've called to be. Even if those thoughts and those doubts creep into our lives saying that we have done something wrong, God has got you right where he wants you to be. So why is it that we all know the feeling of what it's like to be caught in that place? Why do we all feel like the same way that, that in those moments of times in our life where we're, we're, we're stuck in the middle of a painful pause, that we feel alone, abandoned, rejected. We feel, we feel pain. But you see, God is at work in those painful pauses. God is doing something in our life and we, not, we may not see him, but we can trust that he's there. 
See, for most of us, we're waiting in the, in the place and space between uh, um, what we, where, where we are and where we want to be. And God is going to step through and do exactly what he is going to do, and we can trust him with it. Some of us are waiting for the proper medical diagnosis. You've been hurting for a long time. You've been praying and calling out and believing for a healing for a long time, and you're still suffering. The, the doctor hasn't figured things out, and you're in a, a literal, painful place. Some of us are waiting on a job offer. We're waiting in the midst of that moment, in that space and place where it hurts, where we are not where we want to be and we know clearly where we want to go and we're waiting for that phone call, we're waiting for that email, we're waiting for that confirmation that we are, our lives are back on the right trajectory. Some of us are waiting for a relationship to mend. And these can be the most difficult places to wait. These, the most difficult hard pauses to have. Because as you wait and you back off because of maybe something that you've done or maybe something that somebody else has done, and you wait for that relationship to mend, but you get scared because you think that time is running out and you don't have enough time for it to mend in the right way. You're losing time because you're losing your relationship and you're on a pause that's painful. You think to yourself, is this pause really the new normal of my life? Is this where I have to just adjust and trust that God knows where I'm supposed to be and, and this is how it is forever? Or is there something more on the other side See, there's many places in, in the Bible where we can go and we can find God taking people through painful pauses in their life, trusting and waiting on God to fulfill his promises. But we can go to Noah. We can go to, uh, uh, I, uh, who else? Abraham. Uh, we, we can go to uh, uh, Job. We can go to Joseph. But today, we're going to go to the life of Moses. Because as we look at the life of Moses, we find out in Exodus chapter 2 that Moses is born uh, as an Israelite. He gets placed in the Nile River, and, and uh, the, the, um, the daughter of Pharaoh finds him. And through a crazy uh, situation or occurrence where God literally leads him into this palace raised by his, uh, Moses's mother in the palace and taught and trained in the most classical way, educated to be a leader around the most powerful people in the most powerful nation, we find Moses's life develops just like God had ordained. For 40 years, Moses grows up. As a matter of fact, Moses's life can be uh, cut up into three different sections. The first section is uh, his raising, his upbringing, his, his training, his education. And that's where we find Moses right now at the end of that first 40 years. He finds out that he is 
an Israelite. And so he goes to be among his people. And that's where we find ourselves in Exodus chapter two, starting in verse 11. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews. And he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of the fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, can I, can I just say that if you're about to do something wrong, doing one of these things, he's not a career criminal, y'all. He doesn't know what he's doing here. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you to be the prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Oh, oh. Can you imagine what is going on in Moses' mind right now? I mean, he should have got away with it because he did one of these. <laughs> and his evil mastermind plan fell apart. You know, there are moments in life, there are moments in life where, where you're the right person. You're even in the right place. Maybe you even have a passionate calling over your life and you feel like you ended it all because of a bad decision. Think about the life of Moses. He was, he was gonna be called by God. He had the right passion to set the Hebrews free. He was in the right place in Egypt. But because he stepped out on his own, he did what he wasn't supposed to do. The whole plan in his mind and his heart was challenged. Everything was falling apart. And he ran. He ran away from, from, from a frightening future, being thrown into prison or, or worse, put to death. And the Bible tells us that Pharaoh even found out about this and he was trying to kill Moses. That's why he ran. Moses ran all the way to a place called Midian. Now we're not exactly sure where Midian is, but we know that Sinai was part of it, Mount Sinai. Moses ran into the middle of a desert, in the middle of a wasteland. See, he was right where he felt like he was supposed to be. He had a right passion in his heart. He did something wrong and he had to walk away from it all. And he thought, maybe, just maybe, I've wasted it. Maybe, just maybe, I've done something so wrong, so bad, that the plan that God had for my life, the plan that I was supposed to have, that's no more. And so we see that he, he runs away, he, he connects with the, this young lady, he, he gets married, and then after Moses was received in Midian, there's only four verses that talk about the next 40 years of Moses' life. Four verses that talk about those 40 years. He was married, he had a son, Pharaoh died, Israel was still hurt, 
and God saw and heard it all. I wonder what it's like sometimes, but sometimes I feel like I know to have a long period of time summed up in a very short place, a painful pause. Moses goes into Midian. He becomes a shepherd. He's herding sheep. The first 40 years of his life is spent receiving a classic education, learning all the right things. The second 40 years of his life is spent in a desert herding sheep. Moses must have felt like that was it. That was the plan. That was his future, to be a shepherd at 80 years old, moving sheep up and down a mountain to graze. How do you know that whenever you get to 80, I don't know this particularly, but when you get to 80 and you haven't fulfilled God's calling on your life, you might think I've missed it somewhere. But I want to tell you something, that when Moses was 80 years old, God called him through a burning bush. When Moses was 80 years old, God spoke to him. He called his name twice. He said, I know you. I see you. You're on holy ground. I've got a plan for your life, and it's starting now. If you're 79 years old this morning, you better look out. God is calling you. He has a purpose and a plan for you. He has something that he wants you to do. It's not over. But for some of us, in the midst of those painful pauses, maybe 40 years of a painful pause, we feel like, like we're forgotten, we're abandoned. We've already done what we're supposed to do and we've already made the big mistake and it's all over. For some of us, it feels like the death of a dream. That God has given you something to do. And for some of us, it feels like the dream died in a moment. Died right there. And it was painful and horrible. It was a divorce. It was the death of a loved one. It was a, it, you, you got fired from a position or a job. And you felt like everything unraveled. But for some of us, it happened in even a more painful way. It happened slowly over time where you were, felt like you were on fire for him, but slowly the fire burned out. Slowly the dream died. I want to tell you this morning that if that fire started in that, in that bush and it didn't burn up the bush, that means that whenever God puts a plan and a burden on your life, it can burn indefinitely, but you won't burn up. That God can ignite something and it doesn't matter how long it takes. God will see it through. God has a plan and a purpose and a calling and a ministry on your life and you are not done. God is gonna move in your life and he can move, he can start at 80 years old, he can start whenever he chooses to start with you. So trust in him. You see, what is your hard pause this morning? What is the thing that in your life that God has absolutely just pushed pause on? A job, a medical condition, mending relationships, something else? See, when we step out on our own, 
when we step outside and try to speed things up, try to make it happen in our own way, sometimes it feels like it all is falling apart. Do we run? Do we hide in those moments? Or do we just get still and know that God has us not in a painful moment, not with a painful pause, but God actually has us in the midst of a powerful pause, that God is actually doing something in our midst. See, what if this long season, the long wait, the, the dry spiritual emotional desert that you found yourself in actually is a moment of preparation, a moment where God is starting to prepare you to do something great for him. A moment that God is using it to, to make you more mature and ready to lead, to do, to act. I see this beautiful personality is beginning to develop in my children, especially in my nine-year-old little girl. I mean, she is spunky. She has her daddy written all over her. <laughs> And I see that she is a natural born leader. But she's not ready to lead yet. You see, if you want to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. If you want to be a, if you want to do something important for the Lord, you, you got to know the depth of waiting on him. If you want to lead your kids in a right way, you got to, you got to be right in your own way. For many of us, God is leading us in a moment of preparation. And so what would happen if we began to reframe these, these moments of painful pauses into a moment of, a, of preparation so that we can receive the power that is necessary to move and begin to step forward? Galatians chapter 6 reminds us something very important. I want everybody to lean into this and listen to what... Paul is speaking. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. Somebody say just the right time. Look at somebody and really mean it this time. At just the right time. What is just the right time? What is just the right time for your life? What's just the right time? I can't tell you how many times I've messed up just the right time. <laughs> it's painfully embarrassing for me to try to keep time in my life. There are many times in my life where I thought just the right time was the wrong time. But Paul reminds us at just the right time, at God's time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Are you here this morning and you're going through a painful pause in your life and you want to reframe it to a powerful pause, but you don't know how long it's going to last. You don't know when it's going to end. You don't know how long you have to travel. And the truth is, is if God told you how long you actually had to wait for his power to come through for in, in your life, that you might be tempted just to say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. But God's not done with you. He has a powerful move and a powerful work that he wants to do in your life. And at just the right time, 
if you don't give up, you'll receive the blessing, the harvest of what is coming. What is your power? What is your pause? What is your pause? Therefore, whenever we have an, the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Pastor John, I'm in the middle of a hard pause. Do good. Pastor John, I don't know what God has called me to do. Do good. Pastor John, it hurts. Do good. Amen. Especially to those in the household of faith. You want to make sense and find purpose in the middle of a hard pause in your life? Serve. And serve in this church. Become an usher, become a greeter, become a teacher. Work in the Connection Center. Love people. You don't need an official position. This could have been your second or third time and you decide I'm gonna just show up, eat a donut, drink a cup of coffee and shake hands. You can do it if you want to. You can do it because God has called you to do good to those in the household of faith. See, have you been in a hard, hard pause and you're growing tired of doing what is right? Don't stop. Keep going because at just the right time, you'll reap your harvest. God is preparing you to serve. He's preparing you to serve others. See, the, the funny thing about a calling, the funny thing about stepping into a place where you know you're in the right, and you're, you're in God's will, the funny thing is, is it's never about you. It's not about you. It's about your ministry, your love to other people and to Him. So the moment that we get so inside of ourselves, the moment that we try to figure out what's wrong with me and what am I doing and why not, why not for me, for me, for me, for me, the moment that we realize that our calling are just the right time, our mountaintop with God is actually connected to our willingness to serve others, that could be the end of your painful pause. It's hard to do what is right without a perfect model. Moses. He was not a perfect model at all. He killed a guy. Please don't model your life after Moses. And if you do, do better than one of those. But we can model our life after Jesus. We should model our life after Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on who? Say it again. Say it again. Say his name again. We keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Per perfects 
are waiting without any evidence in the moments that it's painful, in the moments that we don't know what's going on, in the moments we feel left, uh, left and alone and hurt and angry and wondering what's going on, but we still keep moving on because we know that he has a perfect will for our lives. We keep our eyes on him. Why? Because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. What is the writer of Hebrews telling us? Jesus didn't give up, neither should you. Jesus pushed forward, so should you. Jesus did it because he paid a price, not for himself, but for you. And so you are going to keep on giving and loving and serving because it's not about you. It's about him. It's not about you. It's about them. And so we can keep on moving and loving and serving and trusting in him in the middle of the painful pauses of our life. So I'm going to give him a praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what would happen in the middle of all of this if you and I collectively decided that we're going to trust the Lord in the painful pauses of our life? What would happen if we all decided that we're just going to walk by faith in Him? That we're going to trust the Lord in the painful pauses? That we're committed to reframing these painful pauses as powerful pauses? preparational pauses of our life? What would happen if we decided to put our hope in God and keep loving people and stay connecting to the calling He's placed on our lives? God's got a plan, not just for you, but He's got a plan for this church congregation. He's got a plan for this church and it's to reach the lost, to love people and bring them in here so that people can come in contact with the good news, the message of hope and forgiveness and love and an eternal welcome and love of God. But that can't happen unless you and I collectively come together and decide that we're gonna trust God and not make it about us, but make it about Him and them. See, I don't know when God's just gonna turn on the taps and when people are gonna be flooding into this congregation. But I do know it starts whenever everybody here decides that we're gonna love and we're gonna serve in the middle of our wait. See, we want our church to be ready and prepared to receive people. We want our church to, to, to reach out and touch people and bring people hope and a God that loves them and is willing to forgive them when they call out to him. So if we give up that walk, if we give up caring about other people, then God will raise up another church and he'll see that he does exactly what he said he would do. I don't know about you guys, but I'm gonna be obedient. I'm gonna love. I'm gonna commit my life to walking forward obediently, trusting in faith that God has got not just a purpose for me, 
but a purpose for us. Would you stand all over this place? Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would allow your Holy Spirit to move in this place in such a powerful way and draw people to you, Lord, that in the midst of their painful pause, Lord, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would make himself known, Lord. Allow people's hearts to, to sense a stirring in this moment. With your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, it's an opportunity to give those on your right and your left a, a moment of intimacy with the Lord. I simply want to ask you this question. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to call you out. I don't, I'm not going to call you by name. I just, I simply want you, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor John, I'm in the middle of a painful pause right now. And that painful pause may be because I haven't, made, I haven't said yes to Jesus. I haven't followed Jesus. Maybe you did a long time ago and you're not following any longer, or maybe you've never called Jesus your Lord at all. If that's you, I just want you to simply slip up your hand. I want to acknowledge you and I want to know that I'm praying with you. Yes, thank you. I'm looking all over this place. Thank you, yes, I see you. I'm looking all over. Thank you, yes, I see you. There's three. One more moment. What a holy and sacred moment. Oh, Heavenly Father, you see these hands extended to you. Father, these hands are connected to hearts and souls and spirits, Lord, that you formed and fashioned. That your Holy Spirit called out their name over and over again. And Lord, in this moment, in this holy place, Lord, they have said yes to you. Lord, I pray, God, that, Lord, you would forgive them of their sins, Lord. Cleanse them from all unrighteousness. And I pray, God, that they would make a commitment today, Lord, that you would be the Lord and the master of their life, directing each and every step they take. Father, draw them to you in a way that only you can give you the praise and glory for it's in your name Jesus we pray let's give a Lord a hand clap of praise for those people right now oh thank you Lord that you call people hallelujah now with every head up and every eye open the Lord is moving in your life you raised your hand you already said I'm in the midst of a painful pause and you need God to do something in your life. The Bible says that the Lord heard one of the Israelites continually cried out to them. And that's actually what caused God to send Moses, the cries of his people. Right now, it's time to cry out to him. If you have a painful pause going on in your life, would you step out from wherever you are? Come find a place at the altar. We have, we have time. We have time, just begin to step out and come forward. And we're gonna to pray together as a family that in the middle of your painful pause, that God would show his power and might. Amen.
Let's continue to worship the Lord. Heavenly Father, move in this place right now. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, God. legacy I want to say thank you for coming this morning thank you for leaning in and opening your heart and your life to what the Lord wants to do in you and through you if you have a friend down here family member we want to invite you to come and pray with them but right now I also want to I want to say this 
the best place for you and your family is right here. You can't live life without other lives living beside you for Jesus. I want to invite you to connect with other people in this place because your pause is in direct connection to your willingness to love Him and others. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that you've called us, Lord, to find you, to give hope, and to do life together. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bless us and touch us. But most importantly today, I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, to see the power in our pauses. Lord, to see the preparation in our pauses. Lord, we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Please feel free to still continue to pray and seek the Lord. Nothing can compare.